Welcome back to Pop Cannon. This is episode 62. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. And I'm Joe. Today we are discussing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, we are. Only in theaters, this film, specifically. I got my shoes stuck to the floor for the first time in two years. Yes, dude. I don't think they've cleaned that theater that I was in once since the (laughs) pandemic started. (laughs) But it was a great experience. I had a great time. It was so much fun. I literally skipped from the bathroom to the theater uh, <laughs> before it started. So I, I was like so excited. I like I feel bad saying it, but like Black Widow didn't really like get me excited for like what's coming from the MCU. But like no. this having like kind of unrelated to the rest of the universe or like the trappings of the rest of the universe story and an origin story again to be like, OK, there's still more to get out of this world was really exciting for me. And like the fact that there's like now more seeds for the future being planted um, that are not just like kind of a revamp of the past where it's like, Oh, well there's another black widow now. Like I like having a Mm -hmm. new hero that I can get behind. And I think they definitely delivered tenfold. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you anymore, honestly, because Shang-Chi really surprised me Because I had no expectations going into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had no knowledge of the character. I'm not really a Marvel guy. I'm more a DC person. But really enjoy everything that Marvel's been putting out, especially lately. Yeah. This really solidified the fact that Marvel's back in a big, bad way. They forged, you know, a new path, like Joe said, from the past where they fall into the trappings of previous stories or even a Tony Stark villain or some sort of connection. And this felt fresh. This felt new. This felt exciting. And it was really a perfect reset for the MCU in theaters. Yeah. I mean, I like you said, I didn't have any expectations. I, the trailers were great. I just didn't know what to expect out of a film that featured the stuff that we saw in that trailer this movie was magical i felt like it there was just when the credits hit my first thought and i texted you guys immediately i was like that was fucking incredible that was my first thought like once it was over i was like man we covered a lot of ground we got a lot of backstory but not too much because there's a lot of questions still but there's so much room like you had said to grow and to to go forward with the knowledge that we get in this movie about other dimensions existing like on earth and all of that crazy shit and eldritch horror fucking (laughs) lovecraftian (laughs) i know that that's an actual character from the comic books yeah but just the design of that like we've never seen anything that like gross looking in the mcu I loved it. And even like the like good magical creatures, like the design of all of Talo was just fucking amazing, yeah. which yeah. like it's a little bit like depressing that we didn't get there till like the end of the movie, because like I do want to see more of that world and those yeah. creatures. I prefer stuff. to spend a lot more time there than San Francisco. That's for yeah. sure. They were like, we don't have the budget to animate this for like two hours. So let's just <laughs> save it for 30 minutes. Yeah. Some of, like, the effects in the beginning of the movie looked, like, a little rough. Like, when, like, the car, like, falls off the cliff, it was, like, okay, that was, like, a little goofy looking. But then you see, like, the big foo dog, and you're, like, okay, this is where the effects went. And that was yeah. amazing. 
I mean, <laughs> like, just like right out of the gate, there's just so much action in this, mm-hmm. but somehow they also fit so much of the story in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, normally you either tilt towards one or the other and the other suffers. I don't think either suffered in this film somehow. I think they really meshed well, too. Like, the the action becomes a part of those conflicts because of the nature of those characters and their upbringing and their training. They're able to bring, like, the drama into the action. Yeah. In a really great way. I I absolutely loved it. Um, I saw everybody, like, there were a bunch of people asking on Twitter and, and Instagram, does this hit, like, top 10 MCU? And I, I, I can't say yes yet because I want to watch it again. Yeah. I want to watch it again. Yeah. But I don't think that that's a negative for it at all. It's just with how many films in the MCU we've gotten already cracking that top 10 is it's because it's almost like cemented together (laughs) it's really difficult but i think that this absolutely has the potential upon rewatch to 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 get there and then for other people this is probably immediately at the top for them because they got to see themselves in it yeah i've never really been like a big like kung fu movie guy but this made me want to go watch more just because of like the first fight between his parents definitely felt very like (sighs) crouching tiger hidden dragon but then, yeah. like, the bamboo scaffolding fight, that was, like, a very, like, Jackie Chan feeling. Rush fight. Hour 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, that's a thing, like, I'd like to explore more of, like, what those references were. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like that. I've always liked when Marvel does that, like, multiple genre thing. They're like, this is a yeah. superhero movie, but it's also, this was a kung fu movie. That's when Marvel um, really succeeds, when they're yeah. really... They're not like, this is just a superhero film. This right. is several things, and right. I love that. That's why we love uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. It's three different films that are not superhero movies together. Yeah. And that's why it's awesome. And yeah. I think that this definitely, like you said, because the fight with his parents, man, I just felt it. I don't know. Like, I don't know what yeah. it was about the way it was shot or like the score was awesome throughout but especially in that like they created a a vibe in that scene and i just was sucked into it totally sucked into it like i felt the emotions that they were feel like they just really got me in that scene like Mm -hmm. to underscore the the toe drag behind the back over and over again so then when you get to the climax and shang chi does it yeah. I fucking lost my shit in the theater when he did that. I was like, he's going to do both. Like <laughs> lost. I loved everything about that. Yeah. Yeah. That entire fight sequence between the two of them was so beautiful that yeah. that scene alone, if you just take and, and put that by itself without any other context of the movie and you're like, yeah. this this is what this movie like encapsulates. Yeah. It's so great. There's mm-hmm, emotion yeah. in it. The camera work is fire. Like it's so good. So smooth. And they did a great job of showing off all of the techniques and the fighting. Yeah. Marvel's like been pretty good about it, but like it's always like those like quick cuts to kind of hide the stunts. But like yeah. this was showcasing as real as it could be this fighting. I feel like what they did with this, and I don't know that they've done it 
previously, which probably helped this feel a little bit different, was rather than the quick cuts and the frenetic editing where you're all over the scene trying to see what's happening, instead of doing that, they zoomed in Mm. on the hand fighting and where the positioning was and all of that stuff. So it felt so different, like, because you're able to accomplish the same thing in that you could have doubles do it if you need to. Right. When you zoom in, because you can't see otherwise. It was just so much more effective, I felt like. Because oh, I don't yeah. feel like they did any of the shaky cam stuff or any of that crazy editing that they normally do to get the fight sequences out there. Like, it felt like they let them kind of go, but you were tighter on the action than we normally are. Yeah. And I think that's a part of the genre as well. Yes. Is that, like, this is a kung fu movie. So, like, you're here to see that choreography. You're here to yeah. see yeah. The technique and like they all did amazing yeah yeah and like i was saying before about the camera placement and things like that like you had a very un- incredible understanding of that spatial awareness mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. way when you did go in you didn't get lost when they right. were moving around right you got to appreciate that choreography and it felt like a dance Mm-hmm. almost at one mm-hmm. point between the two of them and and just throughout the movie like yeah. and that's why i feel like it's so much more graceful because you're seeing this type of fighting and it's not just combat right it's not just throwing punches and kicks for the sake of punches nobody and had kicks. a rocket launcher yeah <laughs> and and there's just something so beautiful about that to me mm-hmm. that's why i think this movie stands out and is something special and is something that could be in the top 10 for Mm. someone yeah while still bringing like the marvel like glowing weapons and glowing armor to it like that's something i guess you can't avoid like i don't think a lot of it was necessary but uh, you just kind of accept it at this point from marvel Mm -hmm. well because because uh what we get information wise of the 10 rings Mm -hmm. like that organization like you just kind of assume that over time they've amassed some sort of technology that can make all their their hooky things electric (laughs) um but i had i had thought i had the thought yesterday after i saw it that it's possible that when they went into it they didn't necessarily have those hooks and those batons that the that the ten rings were using when they were attacking specifically in the scaffolding fight Mm-hmm. it's possible they didn't have the idea to do them electric up to that point and they were like we need additional lighting for this sequence and we could possibly utilize those to help out with that because it was a very dark scene yeah it was i think but, um part of that was to like showcase the environment too yeah they did like the environmental lighting of like the city but i still think maybe it was too dark so in that sequence when you light those up now now there's more light being projected onto everybody's face that sequence that scaffolding sequence i think is my favorite scene in the movie they utilize the trope like it's like joe had mentioned it's a jackie chan thing and i am sure he's done it in several films i know that i've seen it at least in rush hour two i think jackie where... chan said in an interview like he loves fighting on scaffolding <laughs> like, yeah because there's thing. so many there's so many options and what Simu Liu was able to do is so similar yeah. to how Jackie Chan navigates in those scaffolding fights. Anytime like, he like swings off of something to like boost his speed was just so satisfying to watch. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like it got like the kid in me so excited. <laughs> 
when he's running on the bus and he slides and swings to yeah, the door. Uh-huh. I thought that yeah. scene was great. Like they advertised the hell out of that, and I thought I was gonna be sick of it by the time I saw it. But like no. seeing it start to finish was so satisfying. And they gave him the like hero moment to like get everybody to the right side of the bus. And I'm like, ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that that whole thing was very like heart pounding. Like that that whole sequence like got your blood pressure. Like holy shit, holy shit. Because there were so many moments where it could have gone wrong throughout, and yeah. he was able to just dominate i don't know <laughs> like, and that was also like the moment i like started to like aquafina because like i generally i don't know why like aquafina's humor just like kind of grates at me yeah but like and especially like the beginning of this movie while they're in san francisco like a lot of the like meant to be like funny and cute parts just didn't really land like the comedic timing between them just wasn't there for me yeah. but then like by the end they had me so like once they like called back to the karaoke thing again, I was like, okay, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing I'd like to like on like a rewatch. Like now that I now that I do care about these characters, I'll, I'm interested to see how I feel about that first like 20 minutes. Yeah. See, I liked her immediately from the beginning really? for some reason, and not even necessarily because I knew who she was, because I really didn't. Mm-hmm. But she won me over. And I think just the way that she was delivering her lines, the the quick timing of it, like she's she was really good. And and Katie as a character, I think was my favorite in this movie. For wow. Me. Yeah, she dude, she she cracked me up throughout. I know that she has that show on Comedy Central, uh, Nora from Queens, that I only have ever seen ads for. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, but I I watched Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. Um, and she's one of the principal voice actors in that. She's the dragon. <laughs> she's the dragon. She's yeah. the last dragon. Um, <laughs> spoilers until the end. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, she in that movie, she kind of plays a similar role in that she's the comedic relief to the character, the main character that's kind of more of the straight person to it. And she does like a really good job at it, man. Yeah. Like she was funny as fuck in this. And I mean, I, I understand, I know that people have that like grading issue with her. Cause I, I feel that too, for sure. And I could see how she could get annoying fast, especially if you're not digging what you're watching. She's probably like way more, if you didn't like this movie, you probably fucking hated Aquafina in this <laughs> because <laughs> they give her a lot of time to do what she does. Um, but she wasn't she wasn't comedic throughout though, which I enjoyed. Because... No, no, she, yeah, she, she there was growth for her, which right. is awesome. I think if she was just that like two dimensional character and always just like the comedic relief, Quippy. I would have hated her. But like yeah. Yeah. meeting her family and like getting mm-hmm. to know her and like having her own co- internal conflict was amazing yeah. for that character, and it really did win me over. And she like in those serious scenes, like when uh, Shang Chi decides like oh i'm gonna kill my dad like yeah her yeah her weight in that scene was really great and his too like all of the performances like even when it didn't work in those comedic scenes like once they got to the actual like meat and potato scenes like that's when like they really all won me over especially like the actor that played one woo um tony lung he was he was amazing. amazing That, like, Marvel's villain problem was not present in this movie. Because, like, I believed his conflict. Like, I loved the complications of that family and that character. 
even though like he's definitely like deranged by his goal at the end i believe it still and like yeah i love that like there's no like question with like the character's motivations like you have in other marvel properties it honestly (laughs) (laughs) i i really i really liked him throughout but the end of the movie felt symbolic of young people now trying to talk to their parents about things that they feel and believe that don't exist. Yeah. And they're scared shitless of them and they want to take care of it. But, and we're trying to tell them they're, it, you're wrong. It's That's not what it is. And <laughs> it's incorrect on its face. And they won't listen. Yeah. Like that part of it, I felt like you could really project yourself into like their actual conflict. And him going like, I got to kill my dad. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's the... That's the end game with how he's acting because he's not listening. You can't <laughs> deter him from the goal that he has. So you're gonna have to do the thing he taught you to do. Like I loved, I loved all of that with with his father. Like that, and the actor was so fucking good, man. <laughs> I it really did fuck me up when they said 1996, and then I, you find out that Shang Chi wasn't born till a year or two later, and I was just yeah. like, oh man, I'm old because I was born in '92, and like Shang Chi's <laughs> yep. like what four or five years younger than me god damn yeah. it <laughs> the act the actor is actually my age he's yeah he's 31 but they they played him younger because right. he can i think he right, effectively yeah. pulled it off yeah oh he definitely pulled it off it's just like oh i'm so old now <laughs> <laughs> when he was laying in his bed and he like was waking up i'm sitting there trying to do the math i was like so is he only supposed to be like 21 yeah, he's young. Like, yeah. what is happening? But then I also <laughs> thought, but then I also thought, if it's post snap, they're in 2023 at least, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Joe, Joe had mentioned when you meet Katie's family and like getting into more of the culture and stuff like that. I think they really did a good job with the pop music that they put into this movie because it mm. felt very on brand and on on the culture. And then you like. Shang-Chi's wearing uh, like Jordans or something in like that final fight. Yeah. And when he's leaving his garage that he lives in, um, cause it's not an apartment, there's a garage door there. Uh, <laughs> he has uh, the shoe rack by his door and there's like a pile of fucking really nice shoes all over the place. And I, I just loved like a small detail to, give you the like more into what that character is about like culture wise i like i like thought that was really cool yeah like we we talked about even before recording like we're we're just three white dudes like talking about so like (laughs) yeah (laughs) this this movie isn't geared towards us but we could still appreciate what it did for that culture and Mm. for those people and i love that i love seeing the diversity and the all almost entire Asian cast, like, oh, yeah, it felt nice that it too. wasn't a whitewashed yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, there are like some issues I've seen online that, like, this you know, it's not a topic that I feel extremely knowledgeable in, but like the choice to use Mandarin Chinese instead of, um, was it Cantonese okay. that, um, would actually like Cantonese is actually the dialect that they use in that city that they go to but they chose mandarin because mandarin's like the like tm language of china so like they're kind of like playing to the market in that way i could definitely see that being a frustration but also if they 
they want the movie that's based on Chinese characters to do good in China, they're gonna probably have to give it no, up yeah. to that. Yeah, I understand the decision making. Like, I don't think Marvel was saying like you know Hong Kong is part of China. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about Tibet. But I think they were just doing it for money reasons. But like, that's yeah. still frustrating in its own way. But on the other hand, like I've also seen stuff talking about like the detail of it. Like they weren't just like Google translating to Mandarin. Like there's actual like nuances to the way they wrote it that doesn't yeah. come through in the subtitles. Like there's a line that uh, when Wu says he calls that old guy young man when they get to yes. Talo. Yeah. Um, the actual translation of the words was he says, I've tasted more salt than you've had meals. And, like, that was, like, a fucking, like, oh, shit. But, like, if you don't speak Mandarin, like, you didn't get that, like, sick burn. <laughs> so, like, I like I love that, that, like, this is, like, it was a decision to keep those portions in. Right. I love that it started off with the subtitles. Yeah. And then we got to English. Me too. And they even justified, like, they're only speaking English because it's part of, like, their, like, assassin training. Yeah. Which, like, you know, realistically, no, it's for the audience's benefit. But, like, right. I like that they had, they weren't just doing it out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. They built an in universe reason for yeah. why they would be doing that, which right. is cool. Because not right. giving a reason would piss everybody off. Yeah. So, um, but I, there was a quote from Simu Lu on what seeing an Asian superhero as a kid would have done for him. Yeah. And he said, uh, so I grew up ashamed to be Asian. I just hope that kids watching this movie will be proud instead. And that was shared on Instagram by a guy that I follow who does a lot of podcasts, uh, Dave Chen, who does the Decoding Westworld podcast, which okay. is like my only saving grace watching that show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, he's a he's a really good reviewer, and he took a he posted I think two or three uh, videos of just explaining like how much this movie actually means to him. And then sharing the stuff uh, from the lead actor. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's really awesome. Especially like right now when like Asian people are facing so much discrimination and violence, even like putting a character on a pedestal like that is really, I think, good for people. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's awesome. It's especially like needed after the, like the year and a half that they've had to endure here yeah. and everything before that but like definitely amplified now but yeah 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 but i i think simulu did like a phenomenal job and really oh, yeah. won me over as like a driving force of the mcu going forward like i can't wait to see him in more things yeah and oh, yeah, i never yeah. thought that a character like that would resonate so much with me but mm -hmm. it did and i think i think that's really cool and really something special like i said earlier it's the 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 actual story of it is pretty universal it's yeah. just the different pieces that are involved with it after the fact so i yeah i, I don't doubt more people are going to identify with <laughs> shang chi and want more from him and i think i don't know where you plug this character in in the mcu like where you see him next do we want to talk about that first post credits then <laughs> I mean, we yeah. might as well. We're already here, so. Yeah. But, like, for one point leading into that, like, while I said, like, I liked how much this kind of stood alone, like, the snippets of, like, the 
tertiary stuff was very interesting to me. Like, why? Yeah. Why is Wong training the Abomination? <laughs> like, what the hell's going on there? They're, Where they're were fixing, they? They're fixing fights. Wong and Abomination are fixing fights. Right, but they're like hanging out too. It was yeah, so and weird. I think I think he was. I think abomination would like he brought him back to like the raft or something yeah i don't like there was like that like laser grid or something yeah, it looked like a yeah. prison situation yeah. so wong frequently breaks breaks him out they fight make money <laughs> together and then he brings him back <laughs> yeah. i i saw a thing that said the last time that we saw abomination he was still in prison it was confirmed right. in like agents of shield or something mm. right which like um, you can't even really like trust that anymore yeah. but like yeah. even like the retcon to the character design like giving him his gills like in the yes. comic book thank god yeah he looked great <laughs> he looked but, awesome <laughs> like, but like is that character gonna come back what the hell um, yeah and will it be tim roth or will they just like make him just cgi abomination forever now yeah i feel like the, i don't think the abomination goes back but i'm but i'm saying like will tim roth do like be the most capture and, yeah. for it maybe i wouldn't be against that yeah i, I don't think know. they should but yeah anyway. that post credits where wong comes and picks them up and then carol danvers and bruce banner in human form with his arm still fucked up from the snap um are talking about a beacon from the ten rings <laughs> what could that be who are they calling and like i don't know if they're setting up like an mcu defenders which like on the one hand that completely just like wipes netflix off the map but like yeah. hulk and shang chi and i think miss marvel might have been an event or a defender yeah um and doctor strange but like wong could also be a defender too but like the beacon was in there and the technology was over a thousand years old they said right so how did what is it beaconing to that it would make it the defenders i don't know i thought it was, <laughs> Supernatural I thought it was more of a beacon for space right it could for, be a herald who knows <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of options and i'm not even necessarily so concerned about like what it could be but the the opportunities for yeah. what right. they can do is so interesting. I think the um, the line about their age also teases to Eternals in a way. Like I feel like mm -hmm. that might be a tie-in, yeah. and it could have even just been a throwaway that, like, like many other post credits, doesn't really pan out. Yeah, to exactly match up. <laughs> right. But yeah, like I want to know why Bruce Banner's not in the professor hulk form anymore mm -hmm. does that have something to do with she hulk yeah uh, i feel like that's probably where you're going to get the answer for that i'm very excited about that because i'm glad that there's an opportunity to bring that character back to a uh, more yeah likable form <laughs> i liked professor hulk he was funny i did not <laughs> i was not a fan but i'm i'm interested to see what they do with she hulk and i think it'll be explained in there but oh, yeah. yeah having uh bruce banner welcome shang chi to like the circus so to speak yes. yeah. was a lot of fun <laughs> so like the yeah. idea of having him interact with other avengers or just other characters in the mcu to me is exciting oh yeah yeah i i, I didn't even like at first i didn't even really pick up that it was bruce banner and not professor hulk i was just like oh it's bruce banner and then i went 
(laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there's definitely explaining to do on that front for sure. Um, But, yeah, just having him around, like, he's going to be super beneficial (laughs) to have around, I feel like. Um, Because the Ten Rings are so fucking powerful. Yeah. They're, like, wholly new. Like, they're the Ten Rings from the comics in name only. Yeah, they were like yeah. literal rings in the comic that just did like magic shit. But like the way they reinvented them was so cool. And even just the different ways to use them, like his dad, because of the way he is, just used them brutally and with just yeah. raw power. But then Shang-Chi is able to use them in, I don't know if it's an intended way, but like the more fluid motions and like yeah. the... Yeah, the style of fighting with them was so cool to see. I love that he's able to use them for propulsion. Yeah, he's able to use them to punch harder. Yeah, he's able to use them as projectiles and get them back. <laughs> like they and can really do anything that he needs them to. Which I, it's just like such a fucking interesting concept. And that all being said, the title doesn't make much sense because we don't really find out much about the Ten Rings. Yeah, we don't learn the legend of them. <laughs> Unless the legend of the Ten Rings is about the organization and not the physical rings. Because there's that line even when he gets to Talo and he's talking to his aunt and he says, well, what does this have to do with the rings? And she tells him a bunch of stuff about like the soul suckers, but we don't really find out what <laughs> it has to do with the rings besides <laughs> that they're powerful enough to open the gate. Yeah. <laughs> That was the only explanation that they gave, which I guess is a stretch, but how how do we know that they're the most powerful thing that could open the door? Like how does how how is that knowledge amongst yeah, right. everyone? I'm sure it's on a scroll somewhere in their uh <laughs> you know. <laughs> Ten rings, super strong. <laughs> All of Talo was fucking awesome oh yeah and like the callback to the pathway being like obscured and all of that was really fucking neat and the map to the pathway was so cool to look at like yeah. just that whole effect of the water filling the room yeah oh, the little so cool <laughs> the little thing with no face and two asses was like a little <laughs> yeah i almost reached yeah. my limit with that but <laughs> all of all of the characters like all of the monsters or whatever you want to call them in that the creatures the mythical creatures in that um i believe that they're all based on yeah traditional yeah there uh, was like nine-tailed foxes food dogs i don't really know about like the dragon horse things or the the wing thing but i honestly my my first impression as they were driving through was like these are a lot like pokemon and then i went yeah oh (laughs) yeah checks out (laughs) yeah but yeah they are all based on like mythical beasts from chinese lore i'm glad that you brought up that little creature monstrosity thing uh because while cute my boy it's probably only there to move merch and uh it was used as a comedy plot device to bring back trevor Mm. slattery (laughs) i screamed Uh, in the theater when he turned around i was so happy (laughs) oh my god and like i heard somebody like two rows behind me be like who is that (laughs) (laughs) because that's like you know a younger audience is now like coming up like you know not everybody's seen iron man 3 a lot of people don't like iron man 3 (laughs) 
<laughs> you gotta watch it. Like, it's still a good movie. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. It's just a different genre. But well, that's that's an but episode like, for another time. Oh my god, he stole the scene so much where he's like, they wanted to kill me, but they saw <laughs> saw my hat, my what is my Macbeth? My, and, yeah, Macbeth. <laughs> now I do a gig uh, every week. <laughs> He's their See, fucking, and she she even points out you're their jester. Yeah. <laughs> See, it was it was funny, but then at the same time, the more I thought about it, the more that just bothered me. Because like, why right. would they just keep him around because he did Macbeth? <laughs> I don't know. To I, me, that's just so like I don't have I didn't have an issue with him popping up. I thought it was funny, especially that scene in like the cave that he's living in. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that he was in the car. Okay. That's what I mean. Uh, they just kind of like And then and then like I was like all right, fine. He's in the car. He's the only thing that communi- can communicate with uh Morris. That's fine. Um <laughs> and then he gets out of the car and he's like on the front line with the fighting. I was like, "All right. <laughs> now we've reached critical mass with Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. <laughs> we should yeah. probably just retire. He should not have been out there in the suit and ready to f- and then to circle back at him at the end. It's he's pretending to be dead yeah (laughs) i was like dude and it was funny but i was just like i want to spend time with characters that we're here for that's fair this is the action part let's let's just focus on that but it was Uh, i mean i'll I'll be all told like i was not upset that he was in it or in the training montage when he's like refereeing the game (laughs) god damn it Uh, oh i like i I appreciate that they took that head on. Yeah. Yeah. It was that it was at that point when he showed up that Katie became she yeah. she transferred the comic relief power to him. Right. And then she <laughs> became more serious. From that point of the film. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so we don't get Katie's growth as a character unless Ben Kingsley's in it, Jordan. Yeah. So you got to take I mean, the good with the bad. Funnily enough, when she got handed the bow, my roommate leaned over to me and she said, is that Kate Bishop? Because her name is Katie and she's shooting a bow. I was like, no, they already cast someone else for her. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. As fuck. How would you guys feel if that was like the Kate Bishop that we come to know? I wouldn't hate it. Like, I wouldn't hate that either. I'm not, I'm not married to uh, that character, like, in my headcanon yeah <laughs> so it's not like it doesn't bother it would not phase me at all if they were just yeah. like oh yeah aquafina is kate bishop i'm yeah. like okay <laughs> <laughs> but i will say i was not a fan of how all of a sudden she was just like oh yeah i'm really great with a bow it was a little like, bit of a mary sue thing um, it, it felt incredibly rushed and i wish i'm there sure was something else in there i'm sure once we get a release of this with deleted scenes that there is probably an extensive training session with her and the uh the older guy the two of their chemistry was very funny yeah yeah after the gate falls and he just says don't die (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i really liked those two characters together so i'm sure they probably have something that they had to back burner to get some more information in there that's but awesome. still, it's like it. What she had an extra five minutes to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah, like they were at only least there for they like had the car stuff and the driving stuff set up so nicely, and then it oh, paid yeah. off when she's driving the bus. Yeah, or like when she's driving through the maze in the forest. But there was no mention of like, oh, I'm oh, yeah, an archer. An <laughs> I have really good hand-eye coordination. Like I guess that's like the stretch that you can get to is she has good hand-eye coordination because yeah. of the driving, but. Still, it's kind of a stretch for me. 
for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah, she just kind of picked it up. And really, she only fired one. Yeah. And it was at a gigantic target. So, yeah. like... <laughs> and, like, it was like a kill shot, basically. And she could see that it was a kill shot from where she was standing. And she was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> Maybe she just assumed because of how it reacted that it worked. <laughs> yeah, good point. She was probably like, oh, wow, that thing's flailing. I must have fucking nailed it. <laughs> What did you guys think about that final climactic dude? That was fight wild. scene between Tolo's dragon and this the mega sucker <laughs> creature that was sort of inspired by Fing Fang Foom. Was it? There was no mention of Fing Fang Foom. It makes me really upset that we didn't get a name drop of, of one of those dragons being Fing Fang Foom. Fing Fang Foom is a little. Uh, it's a bad name. Uh, it's oh a yeah, problematic character. Um, yeah, no, so I, I think the name is terrible. Not. But <laughs> <laughs> but the design of this like dark creature yeah. or whatever was inspired by the design of Fing Fang Foom. Okay, okay. well he wasn't wearing so. big purple shorts, so it was lost on me. <laughs> the Tao Lo dragon, the great protector or whatever. Yeah. The design of it was awesome beautiful yeah and it looked just like right out of raya the last dragon like they they're very yeah, it was an eastern dragon i i and i like that i was able to watch that film first to get information on what those dragons do because they all have different abilities and uh right. things that so they're that was a water dragon. good for and then to go into this with more information like behind it so i'm sure if you grew up and live in that culture to then see these characters, you're like, oh, fuck, this is awesome, you know? Yeah, and it was a cool dragon fight. <laughs> Using the water awesome as, dragon. like, a weapon? I yeah. really thought at the end they were doing, like, an Iron Fist thing. When the Great Protector's soul is coming out, I was like, oh, is, like, is the dragon gonna die, but Shang-Chi takes its soul's power into him? Right. Um, Iron Fist is a pretty problematic character, too, of all the, like, white savior issues yeah. behind him. So, like, if they took that and, like, gave, like, because Shang-Chi's not really a persona, that's just him. If they yeah. gave that superhero persona to Shang-Chi, yeah. I wouldn't personally have a problem with it. No. But that, it didn't seem like that's what they ended up doing. Um, I, but I really I, I'm glad that, that you brought been. up Iron, or Iron Fist because it was, there were people when we walk up, when we arrive in Taolo, mm -hmm. that are wearing the green and yellow. And oh, it yeah. was kind of like... Are we going to, like, just peek into the possibility of doing that character correctly? And and this being where you... Because for me, that is where you bring that character. Like, yeah. that's how you pull that, that character into it, if you're going to do it again. Which well, I they even... definitely understand their hesitancy in oh, yeah. <laughs> bringing that character back. <laughs> well, they even said in Tao like, there's other mystical places. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is just one of them. Yeah. Right. So it could be like Kunlun could be like mm -hmm. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Because places. what Tao Lo is, it's a protective city thing. Like it's a it's a village that protects a, a a passageway. Yeah, and it is in like another dimension. Right. So in that way, yeah. Or even like Kamartage and like Doctor Strange. Like yes. so these places exist and they serve different not serve different purposes, but like they have different cultures and 
practice and they can all be abilities. connected if they want to take that step. Right. Yeah. And, and I really like, hope that they do. I wish there was like some kind of flowchart of like how things work in Marvel because like first we had like Thor talking about different realms and like yeah. how do realms work? Are they in space? Are they in different universes or dimensions? And then now we have like these different universes through Shang-Chi and then we have different timelines and like, <laughs> and like okay, so like where does this all lie? Yeah. Like what's yeah. the connective tissue here? And Eternals makes it seem like there's different universes within different timelines. Like right. it seems so. But I think they've like been kind of like intentionally vague about that stuff so that they don't really have to give like a solid answer. But it kind of seems like with the kind of like light being shed on these concepts more, I think they have to give more of a solid answer soon, especially yeah. just because they keep like making rules and then changing rules like all the stuff with like the ancient one and her like mm-hmm. timeline depiction but then now that's all gone to shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> or even in the like we'll talk about what if once what if is all over but they talk yeah. about that in the fourth episode whenever you listen to this the fourth episode they talk a lot about timelines and universes but it doesn't necessarily work exactly the same as in the universe that we know, or maybe yeah. it does. And I'm just misunderstanding everything. <laughs> that was a big rant about universes <laughs> <laughs> that I don't think I actually reached a particular point on. <laughs> We're just saying like, there's, there's a lot of different threads that are open that aren't explained very well. And people mm. just kind of say them. Yeah. yeah. Words mean something, Kevin Feige. <laughs> That's not how time task. works. <laughs> um, I really like the kind of nonlinear way we get Shang-Chi's backstory. Dude. Like you get snippets and like it's not necessarily like you're watching the same flashback play out like in different chapters throughout you're watching like different points from his timeline that Dude. matter in that moment of the movie which i really love because that's that's how you work your brain and i love yeah. that the way the way in which they did it anytime someone was about to explain what happened yeah. instead of listening to them tell you we got to fucking see it yeah yeah and we got to experience the fucking flashback and where people were in that moment and i thoroughly appreciate that it's one of my favorite things about this movie is the flashback sequences and how they were handled yeah. because it's always known that it is and when it's over you're like wow fuck that's like so much information that's so sad and it's not just someone in a room talking to you yeah you got to experience the flashback and that's so fucking important that also added so much weight to the one time it didn't happen when like yes. We like we saw the brutality of like when his dad went to take revenge on the Iron Gang and like mm-hmm. seeing like a kid have to witness that. Yeah. But then when he says like I did do the assassination that I was sent to do, we don't see the assassination. We just see the effect it's had on him. Yeah. And that was like so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way that they sparingly used the flashbacks. They didn't give us a 20-minute 
like flashback sequence <laughs> where we watched all of these things happen. It's not like that was the prequel of the film that started right. the cold open. Like, right, yeah. right. They took their time, they chose their spots, and they made their moments count so that that oh. way, when there wasn't a flashback scene to like see something, it mm. it had a powerful impact, like Joe said. Yeah. yeah, it was almost like we couldn't. He couldn't bring himself to describe it in that kind of detail. Yeah, because I would assume that the rest of them, as they're being spoken to other characters, are being laden with all of that information that we're visually getting. Right. So when it comes to him having to explain that he did in fact assassinate whoever he had to, he didn't even he didn't want to talk about it. Still, so yeah. we didn't yeah. get to see how it played out and shit like that. I fucking it was super impactful because I was expecting a flashback and then we in not getting it was like oh yeah. no. <laughs> and then even with like Sha Ling, we really mm-hmm. only get her flashbacks in perspective to his. So like we don't fully get to know that character, so her kind of twist in that final post credits really kind of hit because he's operating like this is my little sister that I knew 10 years ago but she's a completely different person now that has her own motivations so she's Mm -hmm. he says oh she's dissolving the 10 rings and then we find out like no she's not (laughs) which i loved yeah Yeah. not only is she not dissolving the 10 rings she's incorporating what she was doing previous into the 10 rings which i thought was really fucking cool oh yeah and i don't think that there's necessarily going to be any uh like conflict between him and his sister Based no. off of what she's doing, because I don't know that he has an issue it depends. with what's... It depends but, what the Ten Rings and, is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she had set up earlier in the film that, like, if her father's not going to give her the Empire, she's going to make one of her own. Yeah. And then she yeah. accidentally inherits it, and then yeah. winds up combining the two, which is fucking amazing. And you know what, like, just occurred to me, like... One that, like, I really loved how this kind of was, like, a better version of Emily Van Camp's turn in falcon mm-hmm. and winter soldier but mm-hmm. i would like to kind of see those two characters go head to head yeah if like the power broker came against the 10 rings for like a power struggle like that would be a fun story to see yeah yeah that's that's six episodes on disney plus that i <laughs> yeah hell yeah how joe said before like shang chi the entire movie is like oh this is my sister this is my sister and her character is a good representation of like change in people like people you might have known a year ago are completely different people you know 10 years ago are different and it's it's fun to see that evolution grow but how it affects those relationships Mm -hmm. so now the first time they see each other in the fight which the entire time I'm sitting there going like, oh, they're going to do like the altered carbon thing where it's his sister showing up. But it was surprising because she just went at him. Yeah. She knew it was him the whole time and just went at him. So he's expecting this child essentially Mm because that's who he remembers. But she's a different person now. And I Mm -hmm. love who she is. Yeah. It's a little bit of a tired trope of the, the younger sibling and particularly the sister who like was ignored and didn't wasn't allowed to train and then they mm-hmm. get hardcore as they grow up but it's i mean it was still entertaining to watch yeah, it was <laughs> but um i think and all the w- the ways they like framed her were always fun like when she sucker kicks him 
and he just falls. That was a fun shot. And then when she finally gets to fight with her, uh, I forget what those are called, but like the weighted rope blade oh thing. Oh my god, yeah. But uh, like when it just drops at the camera before Mortal she Kombat kicks too. it. So yeah. yeah. With the dragon scale on it. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. cool. But yeah, I loved her costume. Like it looked a little bit like Ronin-esque, like uh, the character Ronin mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the comics um, and in Endgame, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and I like I loved I loved her whole facility. I really <laughs> I wish we got more of that character, John John. Um, but then it would have just been too much comedic relief for the like short amount of time he was in. He was just a fun guy to interact yeah. with. And yeah. I loved all like that's another thing I really want to rewatch this for is to find what Easter eggs I missed when they were walking through the different pit fights. Like there was one guy yeah. with like extremists. It looked like yes. And I'm sure there's so much that I missed, but I was upset by uh, the the character that becomes the 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 right hand of of his father, the Death Dealer. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I agree. He was too used to be a lot. I more under I understand I understand it to a point because that's the character that basically helps to train him. And there's a moment in this movie I said to myself, "That's his fucking mother." Because oh. I thought that they were going to taskmaster it again. Um, I'm <laughs> glad that they didn't. Yeah. Um, super glad that they didn't because it's a bad yeah. idea. But it was like the I was just like, oh, this is what the fucking reveal is going to be because it's super fucking powerful. So it it just seemed like it was going to fall into that trap. I'm so glad that it didn't. Yeah. But I'm upset that we didn't get more from that character because it's the first thing that dies when the those those soul sucker things come out of the the gate. Yeah. Um, I really wanted them to kill Razor Fist uh, very early and throughout. <laughs> and it really felt like those two characters should have swapped roles. Yeah. Mm. And I don't understand why yeah. that decision yeah, no, I, was made. But uh, I, I guess I guess it was to show how serious the soul suckers are that they could kill what we're supposed to understand as the sh- the most capable uh, character on that field right. in that moment, and they instantly killed it right out of the gate. So you're like, "All right, now what the fuck is gonna happen?" Because yeah. if it killed Razor Fist, we'd all be like, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Let's talk about that climax a little okay. bit more. Mm. Yeah. So like one like one spot where it like almost started to fall short for me was um in that final battle when Shang-Chi has the ten rings. It felt like a little bit like live action Dragon Ball-y where he's just like on like a wire rig and like doing like Kamehameha's and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know why, it just felt a little cheesy to look at, but it was, you know, thankfully not drawn out. I yeah. liked when they were fighting back and forth each with half of the rings. Yeah. And again, just like the yeah. different ways to use the rings was really cool to see. It was just very like end game, like we're on the other side of the river and it's this like stark battlefield (laughs) yeah yeah and i felt i felt that way too at a point i was like man this is like really dark and gray and the color palette's like really bland (laughs) you know people have issues with that sometimes but it 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 didn't bother me but i was start i just noticed it and i was like wow a lot of this movie was shot so bright and clean Mm. and beautifully like all the stuff in Talo is normally like awesome, yeah. and then it turned into 
this dark, gritty, mm-hmm. burned down city. But I'm glad that they didn't really feature any of that in the trailers. Yeah. Because that scene, for the most part, between him and his dad fighting and then the dr- the stuff on the dragons, like all that really was cool. Yeah. And I think it made for a really excellent third act. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that that sequence with him fighting his dad and taking some of the rings and then taking the rest of the rings was just, like, super powerful because, like, just the symbolism of it, you know? Like, his dad's clearly at, a, at the end of his rope here, and he has to do what he has to do with it, man. Like, I just... <laughs> it was super cool uh, to see. And then, yeah, when he... I didn't expect him to ride the fucking dragon, like, at all. <laughs> Like I expected to see it because we see its face in the in that first that first trailer and you're like what the fuck, yeah. um, but I definitely didn't expect to see him riding it because he wasn't necessarily co- commandeering the dragon he was kind of also there to help it like right. yeah. it wasn't a situation where it was like listening to him or anything like that yeah. it was doing what it knows to do and he was along for the ride, um, but I yeah utilizing like Joe had said when he shot the fucking rings into it and was doing the 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 spinning and all that was like brutal and gross and could have been a lot more gross had they shown like visceral uh but it it was just great because like that whole time i'm just sitting there like you know because there's so much visually going on and it, it was just such a release at the end of that movie that when it's like over you're like (laughs) <laughs> that was heavy man holy fuck i loved yeah. it loved that there's a lot of layers to this movie uh we've talked about how you could pull so many different messages out of this there's yeah. so many different people that could take something away from this movie and that's when marvel's the best mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. when you could reach a wide net of people and reel them in whether it's emotional whether it's action whether it's just snappy dialogue this movie has it all and i'm really excited to go back rewatch it yeah i know joe mentioned earlier that there was some scenes where it kind of looked like dragon ball so it gives me hope because the entire time i'm sitting there thinking we could have a dragon ball z movie that could look like this and it could be amazing so i'm holding as long as they don't whitewash it again (laughs) exactly there's but this movie could prove hey yeah yeah in the future yeah look at what we can do if we take care and actually like do things right yeah i i'm excited for the future of shang chi in the mcu Mm -hmm. i can't wait for another sequel i'm really glad that they kept him and katie's relationship platonic oh yeah uh, yeah. And then I loved seeing them sing karaoke with Wong at the end. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. Well, like in a movie of just like, there's a lot of heavy shit that happens. Yeah. And that final sequence is just like such a fucking like, dude, what? To get the the laughter release in that sequence when they when they do uh, karaoke with Wong was just fucking <laughs> great. And I love that they were able to incorporate Wong to get yeah another asian american actor just like into the film as well like as many as we can 
because it makes sense to bring him into it and then yeah. using him as the bridge. Like, I love that. Right. And he's a character we know, so he's right. a character automatically the MCU people relate to. Yeah, we we can anchor, like, where they are because of him. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I like that he was more than just a cameo, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need is because, like, those side characters in the other movies that you don't necessarily think will affect the overall arcing plot wong's an endgame like wong's been everywhere it's cool to see them thread other characters throughout Throughout. their universe well wong himself is even emblematic of like the work that this movie did with a character that came from very problematic origins Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. wong Mm -hmm. is like a really problematic character in the old in the old and even some of the new doctor strange comics but they were like no he's a hero in his own right here and he's got his own character and motivations and we don't have to one-to-one everything that came before because of a lot of it was just wrong right um so being able to say like yeah we can i don't want to say fix because that's almost like it like legitimizes the stuff that came before but like you know we don't have to throw everything out we can we can reclaim we can reclaim that basically yeah yeah that's fair so Overall, we all really enjoyed Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, but we want to hear from you. We want to know what you guys thought of the movie. Uh, So hit us up on social media, at PopCanon. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, the PopCanon Collective, uh, where we hang out and talk all the time. So make sure you're in there. You can find us individually, if you like. I'm Robert, and you can get me on Instagram and Twitter, at Yesball. You can find me, Jordan, on Twitter and Instagram, at JL24FPS. And I'm Joe. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Joe for Broke. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. You hit that notification bell uh, so you never miss an episode. We are also available on your favorite podcast platform, including Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. I don't know. Whatever that Android thing is. Uh, but yeah, we're there. So just find us <laughs> at Pop Cannon. Don't forget the K. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Stay tuned for more content coming at you very, very soon. Bye.